This is the 99th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me is my dear co-host Christoph Wikström. Shout out to Robinson Sen out for the night and warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, everybody, and a very warm welcome. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the Top Deck app. In this episode, we will talk almost exclusively about Christopher's trip to Bologna and the European Legacy Masters that went down first weekend of September. We are also going to talk a little bit about me. Well, I think we should get that out of the way first, because <laughs> we all played last Thursday, and lo and behold... I look at Victor's table and there's an Atroxine play. What the hell, man? What What's going on with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I said I was bound to try that at some point and thought to myself, well, why not next time I sort of sleeve up these cards? So I borrowed two copies of two Atraxas for Robin for my Black Red Reanimator, swapped them out for two of the Grizzled brands and sort of, well, let's see what this card does. And I'm going to sort of not bury the leads. I'm going to say I was thoroughly unimpressed with Atraxa's power lever as a whole. But I do see that there are situations in which she would be very good and preferable to other targets that the deck has. But I'm like, this is a niche, excellent target in some situations when the game goes long. I've sort of just for science tried to sort of have her as the first reanimate target and that one was never <laughs> never felt like something i wanted to be doing so first round i sit down uh, against uh, one of my favorite opponents we always have super fun games it's such a good uh, camaraderie this is the falling off the chair when they top deck their third force <laughs> of will opponent yeah so uh, in the first game i mulligan to five and my opponent assumes i'm on reanimator so they go and tap the top of the deck and say, that top card, that's Crystal Brand for you. And uh, it is. <laughs> I, I take my, sort of, my my third seven and sort of that card was a Crystal Brand. I was like, I actually had to tell them like, yeah, this was Crystal Brand. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Excellent. And But since I moved to five and I'm on the draw, they quickly, with their blue-black scam variant, sort of clean house with my deck. It's a bad matchup to begin with. And well... Mulligan to five against their seven. Uh, that was a rough, rough ride. And in game two, I also go to Mulligan to five. And after I've shuffled up my deck for this sort of for the third, uh, third look at seven, they again go tap the top of the deck, say this is a Grizzle Brand, and I blind flip it onto the table, and it is a Grizzle Brand. Some players are too powerful. I have never been so power gamed in my life. It was fantastic. I don't know how Man. they do it, but hey. I almost actually got that game, but in the end, I was buried under the card disadvantage of keeping a five against a scam with reanimator. So I lost narrowly in the second game and 0-2. But sort of yeah. the games are unimportant in the face of that magnificent magician, that wizard energy. When you face a magician that strong, you should just be happy that you didn't play them during the counter top meta because top wouldn't have been necessary like all the spells you would have played it would have just tapped his own library and said a two and like it would have been every spell countered but that's insane it's one of those stories like when you play against elves and you tap their library and like it's a progenitus but this is worse so sitting down for match number two 
I am up against Turbo Depths, and that's been a while. This is when I do my first attempt at seeing what happens when I put a track say, in the yard and reanimating the first possible moment, which was pretty quick. I think I discard them and sort of see the... I, I take a crop rotation, some of the draw, and they have sort of played Lango, and they have basically nothing else in their hand that's going to do anything. And I get to reanimate Atraxa, taking seven and showing 10. And it's like exactly what I was sort of... What I've been predicting when I've been grumpy about this. It's like four lands, a Lotus Petal, a Dark Ritual, a Grief, and faithless looting like cards that don't really do much you know then again of course this would have been tenths of a 14th of a whiff if from a double gristle brand but at least with the gristle brand i can swing and then draw seven new cards with your track shot they just sit there and they're a seven seven lifelinker which is sort of less impressive than i sort of would think it it was <laughs> because sort of that deck is going to find their mesa with eventually but i do sort of quite quickly managed to sort of get something else going and I win. In game two, I just lose to sort of my, me having a luckluster hand. They play, they played Inquisition of Kozilek and had two of them in the second game. So that pretty much shredded my hand to the point where they could just do exploration and go really fast and mar it. And then in game three, I can't really remember what happened. I just remember I executed well that's the reanimator <laughs> dementia like dementia <laughs> talking it's just like so many games you just obliterate the opponent you get some reanimation spell and you're like I, I'm, I'm gonna think of the sequence i destroyed my opponent in oh yes actually i do remember now yeah I, here we this go. <laughs> was archon of cruelty and they get marit and, and swing and i block and then i go to reanimate the archon again and they're like oh right yeah that's harsh oh that sucks the thing the thing was i was above 20 so i could have just also taken the hit but i thought this was the better play to do it's a more satisfying rub-in yep yep so one-on-one game three i go to play against maverick dark maverick in a match that i win 2-0 in time round number three <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah, you watched it. So the, the first game is super quick. It's like three, four minutes. I basically discard them, get a Grizzled Brand, get going, just sort of do the thing. They scoop rather quickly. I have their life totals at 20, 17, and then nothing. <laughs> so it Sounds like a reanimator game. Yeah, but then I needed two additional columns for the life totals for game number two because they got the Fiend Artisan rolling two of them and i am pretty slow they thought sees me out of an early start and so i have to sort of keep building keep digging i start grinding and they start grinding the thing is that they grind up to the point that their fiend artisans are suddenly eight eights <laughs> it's a non-zero <laughs> size <laughs> yes yes and also bow masters and i have archons going so it's a very interesting sort of grindy back and forth like when do i actually want to attack i have an attraction she keeps coming back because i keep finding new reanimation spells so you take seven you gain seven i have a gristle brand in hand but i actually can't get it down in the graveyard because i don't i i, I sort of fail to draw any any lootings for a while and it's just this stalemate i get iona down to say white because they plow so they can't plow and they're they're sort of top decking the whole time in this grind fest but they have the fiend artisan so they have sort of lots of things going on and i make i, I keep making these weird double blocks because I, I want them to sort of to kill my iona instead of my atraxa because i want to gain the life 
I mean, of course, I can just block with the attracts because she has death touch, but I want to sort of have them kill the wrong creature. They never do, though, because they see that the life gain will be more valuable to me than sort of potential top deck swords to plowshares because they have, they have no like Bob or any library in play. In the end, I win in time turn three off of finally getting Archon, just grinding them down. I could have won the turn before, though, because I had lethal, yes. I had lethal on board, but I didn't see it because I was so deep into the Archon against Bowmasters math that I failed to realize that my opponent was at like ten or something, and I could have just have swung with the Iona as well because they had no blockers left that had reach. Yeah, only they had one endurance, but the Archon trigger and two really big creatures getting in. I remember watching that, and I was just like come on you can do it just swing <laughs> but yeah it was uh, very fun to see <laughs> very satisfying yeah and then in the final match i played against uh, eight cost also a deck i haven't played against a lot so that was fun in the first game i basically grind them out in the second game they i think they discard me and they get two constructs going really quickly and i have nothing to sort of do and in the third game i get rewarded by my i changed my sideboard prior to the tournament a bit i realized i never bought it in the wear tear so i just got rid of them and instead went up on a place at serenity and they i, I didn't show them in game two so game three they have this like a spear and a thought monitor they have three seats of the synod in play <laughs> and i just play serenity and they're like oh yeah that's gonna be hard yeah and i win pretty handily from there so three and one again thinking i should probably the wise and correct thing is probably to play one attract saying the 75 yeah and perhaps even though i love sarah's emissary perhaps she could go into the sideboard instead of the main deck and be taken in for those matchups where she shines i think that's the correct way of doing it even though i do not like to admit it it's always so fun when you resolve one and you know that the opponent has so few outs <laughs> that's cool now I got the answer to what the fuck was up with Atraxa. So now we can put that story behind us. Instead, we're going to go to Bologna, to the European Legacy Masters 2023. Tell us what happened. Tell me everything, Christopher. Uh, I went to Bologna. For people who uh, are members of our Discord, might have already been spoiled. It was not my greatest tournament ever, but it is one of the greatest tournament settings I've ever been in. So I'm going to break this down into two parts. One is going to be what happened in the tournament. And the second one is going to be more about the event and the people who went there and uh, talk more about that. First, let's talk about the tournament. I played Aluren, Big Shock. I did do make some changes right before the tournament. I tried some Lorian reveals in the deck. I'm still sticking to my guns with the four bowmasters and stuff like that. Overall, I think I'm going to try another approach soon, which is trying a playset of Lorian revealed and a playset of Uro mm -hmm. to just go hard 
on uh, casting Uros because it's the easiest when, way to win a game, either with the combo or just Uro killing the opponent. And I think going hard on Uros might be really good now. It is a very strong boy. It is a pretty strong boy. So uh, yeah, let's dive into the matches. And I think the absolutely most crazy game was actually my first match of the whole day. And it was against Grixis Delver. And this was a very nice player, Bartos from Poland. Game one, I get Delvered pretty badly, but it's a pretty long grind, you know. I'm looking at my life total and it does not look like I cast an Uro, but I do play a lot of other cards. But my life total went down pretty quickly at the end, so I'm suspecting either a Merc Tide or something like that. Game two, I can see on my life total that I did cast in a row. And uh, <laughs> quite quickly after that, my opponent's life total started going down quite bit, uh, quickly, and I think they scooped before I hit for lethal. But in game three, this is the this is the game that's uh, really you know hard to swallow. My opponent plays a DRC, and uh, I start by playing a ponder. My opponent, I think, Mister Landrop, or just play a fetch and don't fetch and play a second DRC and hit me for one. The turn after that, I play a Carpet of Flowers and pass back after I make a land drop. They play a third DRC and another fetch and pass. At this point, they have three DRCs in play and zero cards in their graveyard. I'm sitting with a Plague Engineer in my hand. Ooh. So I untap, I make a land drop. I take one mana because I can only get one mana since they have two fetches in play. And I put a Plague Engineer on the stack. My opponent goes really deep in the tank. Fetches and bolts target me. And these are the hits. Ponder, fetch land, the fourth DRC. So not only do all the three DRCs survive, I take three to the face. And I think my opponent might have been on a mull or something because I think they are out of cards. And I'm just like, okay, that sucks. But you know, it happens. Amazing for your opponent though. Yeah. What a fantastic way of winning a match. Yeah, that was insane. So they swing me for six because they're still smaller. And I play Uro. And my opponent ripped a an Orcish Bowmaster from the top of their deck. So now they can actually shoot my engineer to death. First with ETB and then with the me drawing a card from Uro. And the card I draw with Uro is an Endurance. Mm. And I died a turn after that. And it was insane. We were both just... We could not believe that the surveils wow. got so in their favor. But, you know, it happens. Surveil is really good. Yeah. And, like, they already had three DRCs in play. And yeah, Delver don't. Good. He boarded out his baubles. So there were no <laughs> artifacts. And they are pretty light on sorceries. So that actually happening was very low chance. He was contemplating bolting one of his DRCs to mm. only have to hit yeah. a sorcery. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, sometimes you got to go for the win. And my opponent did, because else they'll lose a lot of clock. And against an Uro deck, you don't want to do that. Round two, I'm playing against another Polish opponent on uh, five color control. And this is a player named Adam. And well, my life totals pretty much sums up my two games. I gain a lot of life 
and I slowly but surely grind my opponent down to zero. Nice. Yeah, but like I, I think for control decks, this matchup is really tough, especially now with the Bowmasters as well. Sure. It's such a nasty swing when it happens. So 1-1. One, one. Third opponent is, let's see, Sven from Germany on mono red Stompy. Game one. I get the turn one Blood Moon. Oops. But I have a Forest and a Lorien revealed. You know, having those two mana might not really get you out of certain situations. And it didn't in this case. In game two, my opponent is on the triple Ancient Tomb start hand, which is very bad for them because they take so much damage while I'm just pretty much attacking with small creatures. <laughs> And they, I think I fetched once and forced once. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just rough. Baguini. Yeah, Baguini. Game three, my opponent goes turn one chalice, and I have a forest Lorian revealed hand again. So um, I do play forest and pass, and my opponent goes blood moon again. Ouch. And I'm like, sure. So I get my island, and from here I don't find land free. But let me tell you what I do find. I literally, over the next four turns, I continue casting all of my four quattles in the deck. <laughs> it's so funny. Eventually, my opponent plays a Ravel Master, and that would exactly swing the clock in their favor. So I decide to force it. And this, of course, leaves me open for my opponent to fury, like evoke fury and kill all of my yep. four quattles. <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point, I'm actually sitting with two forests and two islands in play. So what what top decks can I find from here that gets me out of this situation? It's Brazen Borrower. It's just Aluren for the kill and Uro. And I find none of them. <laughs> so eventually Ooh. a Rabble Master does find its way into the battlefield and the game is over pretty quickly from there. Right, right. Then I'm playing against Daniel from Denmark, who was on lands. Game one, I think I did a very slow beatdown. Yeah, I think I, I just played small creatures and attacked him enough times. Kevin Harpy is very good at attacking. In game two, we have a really weird game where he goes for the constructs and I surgical the Ursa Sagas, Ooh. but uh, we still end up in a situation where it's really tricky to, you know, how are we going to solve this combat math? Eventually, we're in a situation where I'm at five life and he's at three life and I have two power in play and he has four artifacts and one token. And he's looking at his life total and I'm tapped out. He has a sphere of resistance in play and he's just like, oh, I'm at free, and then he plays another sphere of resistance, so his uh, construct becomes a five-five, and uh, hey. it kills me. The last game was I attacked a bunch, trying to kill my opponent, and was one turn away from lethal. And my opponent found a line where they could make Marit end of turn untap and hard cast Force of Vigor. They had Busaju in hand as well, but a Busaju would not have killed me because I would have gotten a basic island, which I could have... I had a Baleful Strix in play. I could have gotten a basic island to flash in a Quattle, which would have saved the day. But it was a very grindy and very fun game. Next opponent... Round five, right? Yes, that's right. This was uh, against a uh, Norwegian player, Anders, on uh, D&T. 
And uh, these games were brutal. I rarely lose to D&T. You rarely do. But I did this time. Oh. The spooky thing about the, these matches was, I think in game two, I played two creatures. That's not enough. Yes. I, I ended up in a situation where I actually had two Aluren and three lands in hand. And I cast Alorian Revealed to draw three cards. And it was like the third Aluren one land and something else and that that was the point where i knew that okay this really <laughs> wasn't my tournament that was super rough but like very fun games but if you don't draw your creatures it doesn't matter if you draw your alerts you can't combo your opponent at this pl- like time i'm uh, you know sitting at a comfortable one four so i'm i'm uh, literally eidolon of the rhetoric right now <laughs> or another good one four my goal is to become an endurance <laughs> so you know i have to climb up to power i play against one of my fellow swedes in mm-hmm. round six which is uh, linus very good omnitel player we both know what we're playing. This is actually his redemption match against me from uh, the tournament that qualified me to this yeah, tournament. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he attacked me with Emrakul and I got to flash in a creature and have Xaxis on the swing back. This is the same opponent. But this time around, I get to grind my opponent down in game one, which is pretty nice. He knows that like he can't really go for show and tell. No. <laughs> From turn two, I spend my first two turns playing Ponder and then Brainstorm so that I have literally the combo in hand. And then I just, even if my plays are super clunky and awkward, my opponent can't do anything about it. Nope. They do play their own Uros, and that's probably their best plan at that point, unless they have maybe double force for my Harpy or something like that. But it's very, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very tricky. Game two, I board out all of my Abrupt Decays. And my opponent brings in a lot of defense grids. And hmm. we have a very disruptive game where a defense grid sticks and he's actually, he has to pass the turn and he doesn't have mana. And I do have Aluren. I do have Uro. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a creature besides Aww. that. I actually go for the line, but don't yeah, hit. Yeah. And yeah. my opponent untaps and omniscience me pretty badly. The last game was very fun. They play a playset of Veil of Summer, and I only play two. But I got to be the Veil of Summer person in this game. It eventually ends up with me, after we had a counter war, I actually get to resolve an Aluren. I actually cast it. (laughs) So I didn't wait for him to help me. You know, sometimes you need a little hand-holding from the (laughs) Omni player, but I was feeling big enough to go to the store on my own. So I actually I'm very proud of you. Yeah, I actually did get to resolve it. And I think my opponent had played a Veil or something. So I couldn't... I had Harpy Uro, so I couldn't kill them. And oh yeah, I didn't have Uro. I drew a lot of cards down... Yeah, my my life total went to four, but then I did find Uro, and that's where the swing in life started to change in the wrong direction. And he was like, oh, I think I'm dead. And I was just sitting there like, you do have, you have veiled this turn, so I can't shoot you this turn. And, you know, me having a smirk, knowing that (laughs) in the beginning of his upkeep, he's going to get a lot of Bowmaster triggers, but he knew that as well. And he was just like, yeah, I can't get out of this. I don't have a counter spell. 
and you with like Uru and Harpy, you will have counter spells and veils and like it's it's yeah. not gonna happen. So that was nice. I'm currently two five uh, or something. No, two four. No, 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 wait. No, I'm actually this is the this is yeah, I'm okay, yeah, I'm two four. I I'm two four. So we're joking and I, I'm telling him if you win your next round and I lose, we can literally become Saruman and Radagast from the new set, which are both two fives. <laughs> He ended up losing and became one of the uh, new commander cards, one of Una's things, uh, 1-6. And I managed to win my last round, which was against a French player, Armand, on Elves. And this was very funny, and it's very clear to me how extremely disgusting Bowmasters is against Glimpse Elves. I was just going to say, like this feels like a deck that was probably not the best to bring to this tournament i mean it could have been but you know i did see a lot of bowmasters in the room i played against a lot of bowmasters and you played bowmasters yourself i play bowmasters it's definitely like for me elves like glimpse elves is one of the most charming decks in the format and me having a bowmaster in play whenever he played a creature i got to shoot one of his other creatures killing it like even when he went for you know an emergency glimpse it just didn't matter and that was kind of brutal but he was super friendly and we were both happy to see you know the last round of our Bologna trip even if none of us performed particularly good this weekend it was still like Aluren versus elves in the last round and that's always nice and it's always extra nice you know when you can write to one of your friends who's like an mka champion on elves to write to him that my last round was a buy because it was against elves just to trigger him (laughs) which is not the case elves is prior to bowmaster elves was very favored against Aluren even with plague engineers but yeah that was the actual tournament and that was, uh, you know, great fun. But can I just jump in here and just quickly give our listeners the top eight if they hadn't found yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Go for it. The European Legacy Moss was, was won by someone who was sort of in the single digit age of, I think, four when Delaware Secrets was released to the world on Mono Black Helm. No one thought of that, but hey, play set of Besiege the Mirror. If you were doubting before this tournament, if Besiege was real, I think you should sort of just say, yeah, it's real. Grixis Delver taking it, the silver medal. And on third to fourth, we have Four Color Controller and the Blue Black Scam. And in the fifth to eighth place, there is Credit Control, Grixis Delver, and two Blue White X Control. Pretty close to, I think, what we discussed prior to this tournament, although we did not have Helm Mono Black down as taking it down for sure. That was completely off our radar. No, and I think like Besiege the Mirror really does a lot for this deck. Now when I've seen it in action, man, what a card. Like it's absolutely disgusting. But yeah, this top eight is really, really cool. I mean, we have three decks that are really good at, you know, putting the hurt in the dirt against uh, blue decks in general. Mono Black Helm, Cradle Control, and uh, Demir Scam. And then we have, uh, you know, some Grixis Delvers trying to keep people honest. And then 
the control decks trying to keep the Grixis Delver deck honest. (laughs) (laughs) The 5-8 player Grixis, the Grixis player, was my round one opponent. So that's a certified Mm. surveil master. And I asked him after the last round how his tournament went. And he just, he had just drawn, uh, like ID'd into top eight. And he was like such a friendly guy. So I'm really happy for him. Excellent, excellent. I mean, yeah, Okish Bowmasters was, according to statistics, the mostly played uh, card in uh, all the tournament. But but you know which came second? Yeah, I do. Oh, well, I I think I do. Was it Leyline of the Void? No, 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 no. Not in the top 10. No, Shieldred's Edict. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then Force of Will as a third. That's the tournament. But you also went for the gathering, right? Yes. And for me, you know, getting to a place uh, like this where so many people are really invested into the community is always, you know, a blessing. I got to meet a lot of people that we've got to know through our podcast. I hung out a bit with uh, Tom the Decker that we had on. Such a lovely guy. I met up with the uh, In Response podcast crew and even did a a small interview about the event with them and you know they are such such friendly people so positive and you know it's it's always nice when you get to meet people that you listen to in these podcasts and you know you get a face to them and you get to see them as you know sure when you listen to them you realize that they are real people but speaking to them and just interacting with them is very nice that also go for the everyday eternal crew that uh, was yeah, there yeah, yeah. i got to t- that it was actually the first people i saw when i entered the the venue i saw Caleb and julian standing over by some some sort of drapery i don't know it was just at the entrance it was really nice talking to them and kai savatari had set up his booth you know selling his tokens and uh, stuff like that and he was accepting challenges all day and if you challenged him i think it was 10 euros if you lost you got tokens Uh, you got to pick two tokens. And if you won, you actually got to sign a big flag they had. So they had this (laughs) giant flag behind them where every person who beat him got to sign his name. And uh, (laughs) then instead of two tokens, you got four tokens where one is altered into saying, I killed Savatarix. And how do I know this? I'll show Victor on the (laughs) webcam now. Oh, you're going to have to put that in Discord. Yeah, I'll put it in there. Like, he's such a good player, and I'm just so happy that he didn't yes. play Doomsday, because he would have demolished <laughs> me. <laughs> yep. But it was it was super, super fun. And, uh, you know, you meet so many nice people. I had some people coming over to me during the event, just saying, you know, I really appreciate the podcast. And that I think that special shout out, I asked this person if I could shout, shout him out, Gonzalo. That, I think that might have been my favorite interaction throughout the whole weekend. So we really appreciate it. If you see us at events, come up, tell us how shitty our takes are at art and tell us why we are wrong and just hang out with us. I'm not saying Gonzalo did that. He was actually just like the most pleasant person, also a depths player like Robin. <laughs> just super cool. And, you know, we want to speak to you. We want to meet you if we're at events. So don't hesitate. We're very happy to talk to you. And we are already looking forward to our next road trip, which will be the Swedish Legacy Championships in November in Borås, as always. And that is all. 
we have for this episode. There is a link in the episode description for our Discord server if you want to see Christopher's brag tokens that he won off of Kai Savatari. And in addition to Discord, you can find us on X at SDHLM Legacy. Christopher is also on X under which name? I'm at MonolithMTG. And I'm there too at Disco Drogo. And that is the end of the 99th episode of Sucking Legacy Report. Thank you so much, Christopher Frickstrom, for traveling to Bologna and back and give us this story. I am Victor Bernard. Special thanks to you, dear listener, for tuning in. The Great Furnace has written music. You can find more of their work on Spotify. And until our next episode, remember, listener, winter, spring, summer, and fall of your share. <laughs>